0: This third Sunday of Advent is always known as Gaudete Sunday because we hear right, right at the beginning of the Mass, in the Introit, uh, in Latin, "Gaudete," which is the command really to rejoice. Uh, and the Introit is from Saint Paul's letter to the Philippians: "Rejoice in the Lord always." And in, we had in the second reading today from his letter to First Letter to Thessalonians: "Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, even in the midst of sorrows and trials." If we If we turn to prayer, we will find that joy that uh, the world would easily take away from us. It'll be a deep joy and a peace uh, that comes from the Lord. Uh, I'm reading, uh, dipping into this uh, book of Advent reflections uh, by Cardinal Zen, who's the Archbishop of Hong Kong. And he speaks, he says, The joy of Advent comes solely from the merciful God. He has removed the judgment against us sinners. His judgment is always just. Truly we are sinners. We can never challenge the judgment, and only God can remove it. He has written off our debt once and for all, a debt we could never pay off. It's great rejoicing because of God's mercy. And this rejoicing is expressed in festive terms in the prophecy of Isaiah today, the prophecy of an anointed one. Anointed with the Spirit of the Lord God, and placing that trust in God, who is the joy of my soul. So, there's that deep assurance um, that, that comes from from that anointing uh, by God. And there's there's speaking of of God who has clothed. It says, clothed me with the garments of salvation, covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom. And then. I've, you know, looked at different translations. I'm no expert in the original languages of the of the Bible, you know, Greek or Hebrew, um, but um, the Augustan Institute Bible uh, and other Bibles, including Protestant ones, will speak of the bridegroom decking himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, the diadem, which is the it's like a crown. It's a, it's a, sign, it's a sign of sovereignty. So, as, of course, that's alluding to Christ our Lord. Christ as bridegroom, Christ as priest, Christ as king. And with that you know, mention of bridegroom, I would just call, you, call to mind you know, for, you, for you husbands here present that you also have, in a sense, that priesthood in your home. And you have that diadem, that sign of sovereignty, of being a king, which is a great dignity, uh, that you have the dignity of your office, which you exercise even though unworthy you, as you are. It is something that is given to you. And in the priests in the church, of course, uh, they, they vest, you know, vestments, which are robes of righteousness and joy. Don't know whether you know or whether the deacon himself knows, but the Dalmatic is a, symbol, is a vestment of joy. And in former times during more penitential seasons like Advent or Lent, uh, the deacon would discard the Dalmatic. He would simply wear a stole. But today, he would wear the Dalmatic because this is a joyful Sunday, uh, just like in Lent, in Laetare uh, Sunday. So um, we have this joy uh, in the, even in the liturgy uh, in the Collect, we, uh, we pray that we would celebrate the coming feast with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. The beauty with which we celebrate the liturgy, you know, the, um, the glory that we give it, the number of service that we have to enhance it, is because we see that solemnity of worship as the means of gladly rejoicing ourselves and offering thanks to God. We go gladly into God's house, and we rejoice at the beauty of God's house, particularly when it's gone through a time a little bit of austerity, and suddenly uh, there, there's that, that lifting of ourselves with, in joy. And also the church is spoken to, uh, spoken of as well, as the bride bedecked and adorned with jewels. So these external things manifest our interior joy, and that can be even something that one thinks about how do I dress when I come to Mass? You know, is this, do, do, does, does my dress reflect actually what, what I've come for? Solemn worship uh, and, and, uh, uh, and glad rejoicing. And I thought I'd today in this series of catecheses on the Eucharist, which Archbishop Samble has asked us to give in, uh, in Advent, I thought I'd just reflect a little bit on the priesthood. You know, the priest at Mass is an alter Christus, another Christ, The vestments, as it were, conceal the the corruption that there is within this body of flesh that your priest is. These vestments cover cover all that up, cover a multitude of sins, uh, so that that he can still enter into this this solemn worship with, with gladness. John the Baptist was asked in the Gospel today, Who are you? He did not answer with his name. That, was not, that didn't reflect the fullness of his, his identity. He denied that he was the Christ. He, was denied, he denied that he was the Elijah. But he did say, I am a voice, the voice of the word. That's how he identifies himself. Even though he was unworthy to untie Jesus' sandal strap. And the priest, too, is unworthy, and yet he touches Jesus' very body, he holds it in his hands, he elevates it for the adoration of the people, he gives it to the faithful as food for the journey and as their their medicine of immortality. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in Article 1545 says how the redemptive sacrifice of Christ was accomplished once and for all on the cross, yet it is made present in the Eucharistic sacrifice of the Church, And the same is true of the one priesthood of Christ. It is made present through the ministerial priesthood without diminishing the uniqueness of Christ's priesthood. And St. Thomas Aquinas says that only Christ is the true priest, the others being only his ministers, even if they have been made such by special anointing and a laying on of hands, which has brought about what's called an ontological change, a change in his very being. And once he's ordained a priest, he's a priest forever. Uh, he can never discard that uh, that, 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 deep, deep, that identity in the depths of his, of his self. The article 1547 of the Catechism says, The ministerial priesthood is at the service of and directed at the unfolding of the baptismal grace of all Christians, and as a means by which Christ unceasingly builds up and leads his church. And he goes on, in the ministry that the ordained minister renders, it is Christ himself who is present to his church as head of his body, the shepherd of his flock, high priest of the redemptive sacrifice, teacher of truth. And this is what the church means. Uh, It says that the priest, by virtue of the sacrament of holy orders, acts in the person of Christ the head, quoting the Second Vatican Council. And also quotes Pius XII, Pope Pius XII, who said, it is the same priest, Christ Jesus, whose sacred person his minister truly represents. Now the minister by reason of the sacerdotal consecration which he has received is truly made like to the high priest and possesses the authority to act in the power and place of Christ himself. And again, St. Thomas Aquinas, Christ is the source of all priesthood, the priest of the old law was a figure of Christ, so looking forward to Christ, and the priest of the new law of the church acts in the person of Christ, maintains Christ's, present, Christ's priesthood active in the midst of the church. Which is why when a priest offers the gifts at the altar, he is offering himself as Christ offered himself. When he says, this is my body and this is my blood, he is one with Christ's body, and his body is to be given up, for Christ's disciples, and His blood is to be poured out and shed for the forgiveness of sins. The priest is to just pour himself out for the for the salvation of the people. And why he might, and it's also why he might, why he could possibly go further than John the Baptist, who admitted, "I am not the Christ." A priest can admit, "I am another Christ. I am Christ Himself, exercising that very same priesthood that Christ exercised." even though I am unworthy to untie the sandal strap of the same Christ. And the priest must never lose consciousness of this in his speech and behavior in his thoughts and promptly confess his failure to live as another Christ should live in confession or even publicly when, when he has failed to do so uh, in, a, in a manner which is more noticeable to the people. No, the Holy Mass is not Father So-and-So's Mass. It is, it is Christ's Mass, Christmas. And uh, we should, you should not worry that in the form of the Mass we celebrate here, you do not get to see the priest's face once he's taken his place at the altar as he stands there, but you'd rather be focused on Christ. And everybody should rejoice always at the privilege of being able to be at Mass praying without ceasing, in all circumstances giving thanks, which is what the Eucharist is. The word Eucharist means giving thanks. You know, when I first came to this parish, um, uh, some, one of the parishioners um, took me out for, for lunch to give me a little bit of background of the parish, helped me to, to know it a little bit better. And he, he explained how parishioners in the past had worked really hard to make this parish financially uh, you know, um, self-sufficient, apparently gone through a bit of a difficult time financially. And one of the reasons that he said they worked so hard uh, to secure the financial viability of the parish, he said, so there could always be one like you here. By which he meant, so, you could, so we'd always be able to have a priest. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful thought, a beautiful thing to have in mind. That you would always, whatever else happens, the people here really want there to be a priest here. And why is the priest here? To help you and himself also to to become holy, as St. Paul says, to be preserved spotless for the coming of Christ. At Christmas, the end of time. You know, every time we come to Mass to receive him in Holy Communion, we want to be spotless. Which is why we have the sacrament of confession. And there the priest is Christ. Who can forgive sins but Christ alone? But God. And yet, I do it. <laughs> forgive sins in the, of, uh, in the name of Christ. And it's there, in, particularly in confession, uh, another uh, occasion where we encounter what Cardinal Zen called the merciful God, who is the cause of our joy at this time. So just a quick reminder, make sure you go to confession before Christmas, and we have the penitential service on Wednesday evening when there'll be priests here uh, to hear your confessions. And then there'll be joyful uh, um, seasonal celebration afterwards. Let our spirits rejoice with Mary's rejoicing in God our Savior, who has looked upon our our loneliness in, in mercy so that we may be come before him uh, in sol- with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. <laughs>